0: Welcome to QAV, TK. This is episode 541. We're recording Tuesday, the 18th of October, 2 p.m. Brisbane time, 3 p.m. Sydney time. How you doing, TK?
1: Yeah, good. Really good, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'm tired. I'm sore. My body took a beating over the last few days in Kung Fu, but uh, I'm still here. Tell you what, I'm better off than uh, Murray, Paul Murray. Murray the Ironman, Ironman Murray from uh, WA. Murray Bruce mentioned a few weeks ago that he was going to Hawaii to run in the Ironman. He caught COVID from his daughter a couple of days because he got there like a week early, I think, to sort of acclimatise. Caught COVID from his daughter apparently and uh, couldn't run, couldn't couldn't do the Ironman. So our uh, condolences to Murray. That sucks. But um I'm sure I'm sure there's a silver lining in there somewhere.
1: Well, I mean there's plenty of triathlons around the country, so hopefully he gets a run somewhere.
0: Yeah, and he got a he got a holiday in Hawaii that, you know.
1: Hey, maybe we should enter next year. Oh yeah. <laughs> Day before. Oh, don't a hammy. Sorry. Oh, can't, yeah. can't run. Oh. <laughs> I'll be at the bar if you need me.
0: Uh, really upset. <laughs> I'm like that whenever uh I feel like I, I have to go to Kung Fu and Fox goes, oh, I don't want to go today. I'm like, good, all right, we're not going, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> nah, usually we go anyway. But Hey, let's uh, talk about the markets and the uh, portfolio, Tony. The market, I don't know, man, what's going on with the market. Like I, if, if I look at the last week, so it was all in the doldrums on the 12th, the 13th, then on the 14th, boom, skyrocketed. Oh, we were excited on the 14th and we had a great day. That was Friday. Come back on Monday but it crashes again Monday. Oh no, the world's horrible on Monday. Tuesday morning, wake up, boom, it's back up again. Oh, now we're all excited again. It's great. Like, what the hell? One day they're excited, the next day everyone's depressed. Talk about Mr. Market having bipolar (laughs) disorder or whatever it is.
1: Yeah, not just that, but we're I mean, Australia always does for the U.S., but it's just like we get up in the morning and go, oh, market's up in the U.S., beauty. We'll buy some stocks. It's, it just doesn't make much sense because nothing's changed here.
0: Yeah. Or oh, globally, nothing really has changed. I mean, everything is still inflation, 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 interest rates are going up. All right, Liz Truss fired her uh, <laughs> treasury guy and brought in another guy who immediately overturned everything that she <laughs> said she was going to do. But apart from that, nothing really changes. Ukraine still is a shit show. Um, I don't know. China, China. Xi Jinping still running for his third term, still having zero COVID. But, like, nothing's really changes. But the markets, it's fascinating to sit and watch just the, the I don't know, the, the yeah, the bipolar nature of the market. They're, it's up one day, crashing the next day. But from where we are, we just, yeah, whatever.
1: And I was like, uh, well, the reason for it being up today apparently was it's quarterly reporting season in the US and the banks have outperformed their expectations. So the market's jumped in the US. But again, what's that got to do with us sitting in Sydney and <laughs> Brisbane? <laughs> Not much. I just think it's a jittery time. I think, uh, yeah, there's a market like certainty and there's still a lot of uncertainty going on.
0: Well, speaking of uncertainty, Dummy portfolio, in the last 30 days, we're up 0.21% per annum versus the ASX200, the SEXY2. It's up 1.07% over the last 30 days. So it's uh, doing better than we are. If I look at uh, since inception, which uh, for new folks, we closed this portfolio September 2019, so a little over three years, uh, we are up any time now in Avexa, about 16%, 15.92% per annum versus the Sexy 200, which is up 5.74%. So what's uh, 16 divided by 6, Tony? 2.6. <laughs> that Sounds two, right. <laughs> 2.6 times better than the All Ords, that particular benchmark anyway, over the last couple of years.
1: By closing the portfolio in September 2000, uh, 2020, you mean we closed it to any new capital it has been operating since then?
0: 2019. 2019, yeah. sorry. Yeah. Although in theory I did add a couple of thousand dollars in capital to it that, <laughs> by accident.
1: I'm not sure you did, did you?
0: Yeah, well, that's what Ruddy determined. So uh, what happened for listeners at home is Novexa weren't tracking for for the first couple of years, Nivexa weren't tracking our cash account. So we'd get paid dividends for the stocks we own, but they weren't showing up in Nivexa as cash that we could then invest. And, and and I didn't notice this until one day Tony goes, well, where's all of our dividends? And, I was like, and we're like, oh, shit, yeah. So we went back and sort of worked out. We we said to them, hey, where are our dividends? And they're like, oh, yeah, we're going to implement that. <laughs> but we figured out, we, we did some analysis. We figured out there was probably about $2,200 that we should have had of dividends that we could be investing. So I did a manual entry of two twenty two hundred and eleven dollars or something, which we then invested. But then they implemented dividends and a cash account, and they did it retrospectively. But... I should have taken that $2,211 back out, but I didn't and just kept investing it and not realizing that it had doubled up until we asked Roddy to do an audit. And he and this 2200 it was like, well, we're out, $2,200. And I go, well, this would be that. And then I said, should I pull it out? And you guys both said, no, 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 I can't pull it out
1: now. I didn't say that. I've only been part of this process a little bit. I'd like to go back and check the work. I'll, I'll talk to Ruddy. Okay. Well, the conclusion
0: that he and I came to a week or so ago is, well, that money's reinvested. I mean, if we sell stocks, we could sell some stuff and take that money back out, I guess, at 2200 But it's remained invested, so it's all very confusing.
1: So okay. I don't know. I'll have a look and try and sort it out you are 100% sure and the Vexa retrospectively put the dividends into the cash account.
0: Yeah, I mean I when they <laughs> when they implemented the feature of the cash account, I did a sync. They said that I followed their process, they do a sync uh, and it okay. will sync all of the dividends going back since the inception of the thing. So I'm assuming all the dividends were picked up.
1: Okay, that sounds like a good thing. Anyway, anyway, so it's a
0: little bit of a mess, but um, We'll sort of fix So all the numbers I just quoted probably are meaningless. Who knows? <laughs> no, because we still invested the money. So the money went in as capital. So we did initially close it in September 2019, but then I inadvertently added more capital this year, I think, or last year.
1: Yeah, but okay. So if the Vexer is doing its job properly, it should take that into account in, in giving out percentage returns.
0: Yes, just means you can't look at the portfolio value, total value, and say, well, we started with 20 and now we've got 37, 30.7 thousand, 30, because there was an extra 2,200 in there. So gotcha. that, yeah. But looking at the percentage numbers, it should be right. Okay. That's just confused the hell out of everybody. Sorry about that, folks. Sorry.
1: We should do Keep that up. offline. <laughs> <laughs> but we edit it deal or something. Yep.
0: So that's the portfolio anyway. Over the long haul, still doing good.
1: Because you put more money in.
0: <laughs> no, don't confuse people. Now, see, you're just screwing with people. You're going to confuse them again. We just said it's fine. Now you're just messing yeah, with no, people's it's heads. it's fine.
1: Perce- on a percentage basis, it's fine.
0: This financial year, the Sexy 200 is up uh, 9.73. We're only up 3.58. So we are up, but not as good as the SPDR uh, 200. But as you pointed out recently, you know, we're mostly like uh, small cap stocks. And the small cap index has not been doing as well this year as the SPDR 200. So Yeah, it's
1: well down. But look, that aside, we're always going to have periods of underperformance. But overall, over the long term, a period of outperformance, uh, a history of outperformance.
0: Yeah. So that's my portfolio update and the market update. Commodity updates. What is going on with the commodities, Tony? We've been talking about aluminium this morning offline. If I look at the Stock Doctor chart for aluminium, it looks to me like it's got a new sell line but is still a Josephine because I can't draw a second buy line.
1: Yeah, this is an interesting one because when I look at it, doing a buy line follows the sell line, it's, it's almost like in uh, end of July 2022, it was a buy and sell almost on the same, at the same time. So you've you've gone one step further and and you've looked at redrawing the new byline after that using August 2022, is that right, as a H2?
0: No. Oh, okay. No, I'm still using July 22. So sorry, for new folks out there, we're trying to determine the um, state of aluminium as a commodity. We're doing this looking in Stock Doctor. If you go to Advanced Charting and Stock Doctor under folders, you can find... Commodities and there's uh, you can get it um, under, I think it's commodities physical. The top one there is aluminium XAL underscore. So we're looking at the chart for that. I'm using a cell line with L1 April 2020, L2 September
1: 2020. Oh, okay. So sorry, just on that, I think I worked out that April 2020 and May 2020 were within eight percent. So I'm using. L one of May
0: twenty twenty. Well, May's not really a trough; it's just a point. But okay, you're using that. Whatever. Okay, doesn't change things. Really. No. Nah. So the new L two is September twenty two. So it's 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 bounced off of that. So it's got a new sell line which it's above. But I can't draw a second buy line because if I use March twenty two as H one and then I use July 22 is H2, it goes, it shoots straight through that. There's no third point where it crosses.
1: Yeah. So, sorry, just to go back to your cell line, where's your
0: L2? September 22, 30th of September 22.
1: Okay. So, go back. Why aren't you using June? June 2022. Yeah. Because
0: it's got a new trough after that. Don't I redraw the cell line if it has a new trough?
1: Yeah. Because the byline, that's why, that's where I was going to get a bit confused. The byline, You'd do it if, it if the byline's after the sell line, which I think it is.
0: I can't draw a byline, a new byline, because it was a Josephine, so I need to draw a second byline, right? And it needs to go above the second byline. But to have a second byline, I need two peaks, and then it needs to cross at a third point. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you giving me that look? <laughs>
1: I can't see you. I've got I've got the screen up on Stock Doctor. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I can see you. I'm giving you a look. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, I think. <laughs> yeah. Look, this is a such a tricky one. I think from memory, we can use a point for H2. I know that Breadlater does that for for a stock if it's going down steeply like this chart is, and it kicks out to the right, even though it's not strictly a a peak. So you you can use August 2022. Makes it a buy,
0: really. So you're just going to ignore that peak. Well, no. Even if I draw it through that, it just goes straight through. It doesn't cross it a third time. You know, we had this whole conversation with Brett a month ago about if it has to for it to be a three point trend line, it has to cross the line at a third point. You've got H1, H2, and then it has to cross at a third point. In this case, it doesn't. It
1: just I think it does, Cam. So if you use uh, August 2022, it's going to the right of that line in well, any time after that, really, isn't
0: it? Yeah, but it, it immediately is a. Pff, the commodity yeah. price line <laughs> is immediately above the line that you draw as soon as it crosses through H2. It doesn't cross it a third time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let me explain how QAV works to you, Tony. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is what I was confused about a month ago, and I was sure you and Brett both told me it needs to cross at a third point. That's why it's a three-point trend line. Yeah,
1: no, that sounds right. <laughs> but I'm just looking at looking at the lines and trying to work out why that why you're saying it doesn't cross.
0: Because it's already above it as soon as I draw the line.
1: They've got to use the peak.
0: Well even that doesn't help even if I do that it's... it's
1: never going to cross a third time if you use July if you use or you use August 2022 as h2 the graph is to the right of that if the graph continues upwards it's never going to cross the line a third time it's got to go almost backwards hasn't it or have another peak we can use for h2
0: have another peak yeah so what do we do
1: yeah I think it to me it looks like it's crossed even though it's only going across twice. Unless you go back, if you go back and use May 2022 as H2, then it crosses a third time. But then it became a sell straight away, so we had to redraw the byline. Yeah, interesting one. So we redraw the byline and we redraw the sell line.
0: Let's move on. You can make a captain's call on this at some point. Mm, That's an interesting
1: one. I think it's a buy. But I'm, I'm... I get confused trying. To, <laughs> I hate the friggin' Bible. It's like, it's like, <laughs> it's like tying me up at <laughs> knots trying to be consistent.
0: <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: which I know we need to do if we try and code things, but we just keep getting new examples to um, contradict the old rules.
0: Now you know how the writers of the New Testament felt. Now they were like, we never thought that 2,000 years, Riley would be making a film going, hold on, this isn't <laughs> consistent. You just made shit up. Uh, they're like, well, yeah, we knew we were making it up. We didn't know anyone was going to, you know, hold us to it 2,000 years later.
1: <laughs> well, I'm going to take the Jesus approach. I didn't write the Bible. I don't read the Bible. I don't care what the Bible <laughs> says.
0: <laughs> what about, um, let's look at uh, coal because coal is um, sort of a tricky
1: one. And which one, thermal or coking?
0: Yeah, well, that too.
1: <laughs> which source are you using?
0: Well, uh, trading economics. By the way, speaking of Wing Chun, I was talking to a guy at Wing Chun the other day who works on a mine site, a new one up in far north Queensland, and uh, he said, it's, I said, what kind? Oh, I was like, <coughs> well, uh, what kind of coal are you uh, digging <laughs> out of the ground there, Mick? Is it uh, thermal or metallurgical or as, as we in the industry call it, coking? And he said, oh, it's coking. And I said, oh, it's the uh, less evil of the coals then. And he said, yeah, well, Chrissy was like, what? Is it all coal, coal? He goes, no, well, actually, you don't burn coking coal. It just gets put into the steel. I thought you used it to melt the steel. Yeah, I did. He goes, no, you just, you grind it up and you put it into the steel and it strengthens it or something. So there you go. I didn't know that. I was like, hmm. But I, I, I just did this thing. I'm, hmm. I just like nodded. Sagely, I don't know <laughs> if it's right or not, but it's, sure somebody out there will tell me if that's right. A guy could have been taking me for a, <laughs> uh, a walk.
1: Yeah. he's not a norm on you,
0: yeah, yeah, or cliffy. a cliffy. Yeah, it's a little known fact there, Normie. <laughs> so, I'm looking at coal on uh trading economics. This is just, I don't know, thermal, I guess. Looking at one month, trying to get to five year chart here. So it's down, but it's still a buy. But, is it, but it's a Josephine probably now.
1: Yeah, definitely a Josephine.
0: Coal's a Josephine. Does that mean we can't buy any coal stocks? It does. I'm just trying to see what I put in the checklist when I went out yesterday. Can't remember what status I said coal was.
1: <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out because I think I doubled down on my coal positions last week. <laughs>
0: Comp status, uh, I, know, I did say it was a Josephine, so that's good. <laughs> it was right. <laughs> gold, I've got gold USD as a sell, but gold AUD as a buy. So gold AUD, I use kitco.com, K-I-T-C-O. They have it in Australian
1: dollars. Hey, I'm using gold price. For all. It's AUD? Yeah, it's an AUD. I can get a graph in five-minute interval. That sounds like a good use of your time. <laughs> yeah. Try like, I could be answering questions about the Bible instead.
0: <laughs> well, this is interesting. It, it could be a buy, or maybe it's a Josephine, actually.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a Josephine. It's less than the last month's close.
0: Well, not on my chart.
1: Oh, but okay.
0: It, it was down, but it's back up now.
1: Oh, you're right, sorry. I was looking at the weekly.
0: Yeah, I think the... Second byline. Oh, it's it's below the second byline. I think when I looked yesterday, it was on the second byline, but now it's not. It's below it.
1: Yes, I've got it just below the byline.
0: Second byline.
1: Why are you saying second?
0: Because it was a Josephine. If you go back to you know, sort of, it was the the price slipped in July and August. Then it's. Went back up in September. Now we're currently in October, but it was a Josephine, so it needs to cross the second byline, right? So I'm drawing a second byline, H1 July 20, H2 April 22, and then it's still below that line.
1: Yes, I agree. But just the, just help me out here. Why is it a second byline? Where's the first byline?
0: Well, the first byline would have gone back a
1: ways. Oh, you're going, yeah. Going back away, you're right. Sorry, probably around August 11 and uh, March 16-something. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, yep.
0: But it's been a Josephine, so it needs to cross a second one. Yeah,
1: ahead. it's getting close.
0: Okay. So I'm going to make a note of that on the thing. It's a Josephine, not a buy. Any other commodity changes that you're aware of? I think they're the only two things that are changed. Iron ore is still a sell. Crude oil is still a buy. Coppers a sell, platinums a sell, zincs a sell, magnesium, manganese, steel, sell, 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 sell. Hey, yikes!
1: Looks like the commodity cycles ended, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, unless you, except for oil. Oil is still going gangbusters. Or slow although slowing down a bit, I think oil.
1: Oh yeah, definitely.
0: Uh, okay, the last thing I've got to talk about is the PE clarifications in the Bible. <coughs> um, Yay! <laughs> I'm not going to waste too much time on it, but I've been doing some work with Chris Stratton, QAV Club member who's been trying to code some of the manual data checks along with the rest of the checklist uh, to automate it. And he's doing a great job, really impressed with the work that he's done. But in doing this work, it's raised some questions about some arcane, unusual examples with uh, PEs when we're trying to do the lowest PE in the last uh, six halves uh, question. So I've added a few bullet points to that in the Bible that people might want to go check out. If you get a tricky one, for example, if the most recent, if there's only one reported PE, uh, and it was a recent one, but there's the current PE that that is today's PE and it's lower than the last one, et cetera, et cetera. What do we do? How do we score it? I just got Tony to clarify a couple of those. So if if you wanna if you're interested in how to score. Lowest PE things in some weird situations. Go and have a look in the Bible. There's a couple of new updates there.
1: I can guarantee no one's going to look at that.
0: Come on, Tony. I will.
1: I had to put a right one and go, blessed are the PEs.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here are the Ten Commandments on PEs.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bit like that. I'm sorry. Hey, well, you know, you started no, this shit, man.
1: <laughs> you started I'm it. just trying. I was was loosey and goosey before I had to put it all down. I was just (laughs) making the rules up on the fly, the suit, making money.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, I tell you, you know, this is what starting a religion is like.
1: (laughs) I don't get any tax benefits either. It's messy.
0: Well, not yet, but you will. Once we have 500 uh, devotees, I think you need. Is that all? Hmm. Only takes it's like well they might be to start a political party. I think it's still five hundred to start a religion.
1: By the way, tax deductible.
0: Yeah. We could do both. The QAV party. Yeah. What would your platform be?
1: Uh run for chancellor of the Tory party in <laughs> the UK. Yeah. They'll take anyone. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> They've had four in the last two months.
0: Same with prime ministers, too. <laughs> yeah. What have you got on your list of things to talk about before we do some Q&A? Well,
1: I had uh, just some stock updates to talk about. So first cab off the rank was Qantas, given its confession season. So Qantas came out and said that uh, the analysts were guiding their profit estimates too lowly and that profit could be two to three times higher. And uh, so Qantas went up 10% last week, which was good because I hold it myself.
0: Hold on. How is it? How's the confession season? We just came out of reporting season. How's the confession season already?
1: Because they're going into their AGMs, and so they use that as another chance to update the market on what's happened in the last few months since of the start of the financial year. Oh, okay. So, again, it's continuous disclosure, but they do tend to happen a lot more around AGM time because they're um, they're making public statements and they're being asked questions, yeah. Um. Interestingly enough, though, like, as you know from our place, I can see all the skies over Sydney. I can't see a frigging plane there at the moment. So, and like pre COVID, there would, I counted them, would always be eight aircraft in the sky, either, you know, four on the glide path in, four taking off. I can see none out there at the moment. So I don't like Qantas reckons they're back up to 100% domestic capacity and 70% overseas capacity. They must be flying from Alice Springs because they are not flying from Sydney. I'm calling bullshit on that.
0: And they're charging a a wounded bull. I just, you know, tried to, I was telling you off air, I went to buy tickets to fly Chrissy and Fox and I down to Melbourne the other day and it was insane. I was like, screw this, I can't afford this. Like, what, are you going to be sitting on a golden seat and being, you You know, spooned caviar? (laughs) It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it is. We, We flew to Melbourne. A little while ago, and it was expensive, incredibly expensive.
0: Yeah, crazy.
1: So I think that's the probably the more pertinent thing for Qantas is they're just making making out money hand over fist on margin rather than volume at the moment.
0: Yeah, well, look, they've had a couple of rough years. The airlines, I don't begrudge them an opportunity to try and make some money, but um, so I mean, I'm not I'm not paying that kind of money to fly. It's ridiculous unless it's an emergency.
1: So that means the Melbourne dinner's off, does it?
0: Ah. Uh... No, you don't get out of it that easy, TK. It's
1: just me and the, me and the QAV subscribers down there. Yes. fishing the dirt on Cameron Riley. Yeah, well,
0: I said to you, no one Who's cares if I'm there or not. They just want you to be there. But as I suggested, maybe we could do it down at Cape Shank so you don't need to drive to Melbourne. Yeah, cool. So uh, Melbourne listeners, email me and let me know if you'd like to go down and have dinner with Tony and Cape Shank. Or even lunch. Whole lunch, yeah, better idea. Or they
1: can drive back. Okay.
0: Or they can stay overnight and play some golf.
1: Yeah. Either, all, all options.
0: What else? Uh, Apollo, yeah. Tourism.
1: So call this Apollo Tourism. Wow. Yeah, so they've they've jumped again as well. So there was an AFR article a couple of days ago about a company that they own, I think half of, called Camplify, which is like an Airbnb for RVs and uh, caravans, I think. Anyway, they've, they've just, uh, Camplify has just uh, taken over a company in Germany as part of its expansion into Europe. And the analysts love Camplify. It's the growth option in this sector. And now it's expanding worldwide. They're loving that even more. And Apollo owns half. So it's it's a happy camper at the <laughs> oh. moment.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, look you. You've you got Bung a tish. new career as a sub editor. <laughs> Yeah, ATL. Look, ATL, we've always liked ATL. They they've haven't they've have been good to us when we've bought them for the portfolio, but uh, we've always liked them as a company.
1: Yeah, well, we took them off the buyers because they had a qualified audit uh, during COVID, but that seems to have worked out well. And it's, it's actually, I've got Ruddy going through the qualified audits for the last couple of years to see if they're still working for us. Because I've got this question mark about COVID and qualified audits all lot of companies were, the orders were saying, well, you know, COVID's pretty bad and you shut down, and you got to continue to, operators are going concerned, But then they got, the companies got splashed with cash and they all survived. So uh, they've all, you know, the share prices have risen quite well, which made me wonder whether we should continue with qualified order. But Ruddy tells me there still are, there still were two or three companies that went broke or got taken over. So it's it's still a good red flag indicator. I think I think it's COVID. It's a bit different. Anyway, I'm waiting for Eddie to finish that analysis so I can go through it. But ATL doing well, doing well. ATL. And the last thing I wanted to, t- to talk about <laughs> was Howard Marks. I'm not really a fan of Howard, but anyway. But I do know he's made a lot of money out of uh, being a deep value investor, but basically being a vulture fund operator. So you know he buys the most when the markets. Uh, at its you know blood on the streets type levels. And I did see an article saying that he's going to be in Australia soon doing what's being called fireside chats with uh, analysts and potential investors because he's raising new funds. So uh, that's probably an indication that uh, he at least sees a silver lining coming up in the markets anyway. So that's it for stocks in the news and, and people we've talked about in, in the news. And I just want to do a, I'd then do a pulled pork on a company called Silk Logistics.
0: Oh, I bought Silk Logistics yesterday. Good. Oh, ah, okay. I hope you give them a, I hope you do a good pulled <laughs> pork. <laughs> yeah,
1: don't,
0: I do. don't put the kibosh on them for no, me. No, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going
1: okay. to do a good pull pork on Silk Logistics. I picked them because I think they've just come onto the buy list recently. I noticed. Yeah. Them.
0: And they're a relatively new float. They've only been around a year or two, I think.
1: Yeah. Looks like they floated in the middle of last year. So we don't have a whole heap of data for them. So recent listing, you're right. History of of uh, Silk is they've uh, been a, a melt They are an amalgamation of various different uh, trucking companies. So first of all, it's a logistics company, and uh, they they label themselves a port logistics company and a a freight company. So I think their their value prop is they'll manage the import export logistics of that and then get it to your destination somewhere in Australia. But they they have uh, emerged as a uh, an amalgamation of Doolin's Haulage, Bunker Freight, WA Freight Lines, Kagan Logistics, and Hoffman Transport. So all those companies joined. And then 18 months ago, or middle of last year, they had an IPO, and they have acquired one or two companies since then. One's called Rock Transport. So you may have seen those brands on trucks in the past. They're they're all rebranded now as Silk. But uh, that's the company. The numbers score quite well. So only a small cap stock though, the ADT is forty thousand dollars $41,000. So this won't suit everyone, but may suit some. The market cap is $176 million. And I'm using a share price of $2.20, which is less than the consensus share price estimate for this company. Financial health and stock doctor is satisfactory and recovering. And we love the recovering one. So that that scores one for satisfactory and two for recovering. And uh, really good uh, price to operating cash flow prop cap of 3.83 times, so that's why it's scoring well for us. But the price is uh, is above IV1, less than IV2, but not uh, not half of IV2. So it gets a I guess a score of one there. And it's also above our our net equity per share plus 30%. So it's pricey on some of those metrics, but not on the operating cash flow one, which is the one we focus on. It's also got forecast growth of 67%. So that's pretty heady stuff. But um, given that we're not paying much for the shares, if it doesn't come out at that kind of level, we're not probably going to retrace too much. But anyway, but it does score well on that growth over PE metric. We have a hurdle of 1.5, and this is scoring 4.67. So very good. And paying a decent yield of 3.86%, uh, less than the bank mortgage rate. So we're not scoring it for, for that. But again, it's a a company which is competent enough to pay out a decent yield, but it's also forecasting tremendous growth. So we talked about one last week, a company that was in the sweet spot of, of both yield and growth. And this is another one of those.
0: And that's the end of the free episode of QAV for this week. If you're a new listener, I just should let you know how this works. So We have a free episode every week. runs for about half an hour. We have a premium episode also every week. It goes for another 30 to 60 minutes, depending on how many questions we get. It's where Tony answers questions from our club members. If you want to check out the premium episodes and all the other benefits of being a QAV club member, which is access to the checklist and, and the Bible and uh, the private Facebook groups and the other comms channels that we have in, Invites to the dinners, Zoom calls, etc. Et Sign up for the two week free trial and check all that stuff out. You can do that at QAVpodcast.com.au. Look for the um, free trial button there. And if you uh, like the idea of value investing QAV style but don't feel like you have the time or resources to do uh, you know, learn how to do QAV for yourself, think about signing up for QAV Lite. That's our relatively new service where we send you the stock tips every week. And then we also monitor those stocks in a portfolio. And if they become a sell, we email our QAV Lite members and tell them that it's time to sell that stock and what to replace it with. Check that out too. Um, it's sort of a low effort way of doing QAV still better if you know how to do it yourself I think because Tony could get hit by a bus and then where are you but you know while he's not we can do this so check that out qavpodcast.com.au slash light l-i-g-h-t that's it. Um, if you don't want to sign up to any of those, just keep listening to the free episodes. And if you have any questions, uh, shoot me an email. You'll find them on our website too. All right. Have a great week and good luck with your investing. The QAV Podcast is a production of Spacecraft Publishing Proprietary Limited, authorised representative of AFSL 520442, AFS representative number 001292718. Please don't make any investment decisions based solely on listening to this podcast. This is presenters' as general advice only, not personal financial advice. We don't know your personal financial circumstances. Please see a financial planner before making any investing decisions.